Hello, Internet, and welcome back to Ancient Ways from Modern Days. This is episode 67. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the hosts here, hosts here, and I'm also one of the pastors here at Valley Christian Fellowship, and I am so excited to finally be reunited with my bros, my fellow cohorts, my fellow pastors of Valley Christian Fellowship, and to podcast and talk about the timeless truths of God's Word and how it applies to our modern day lives. Uh, with me today is, is Stephen and, and, and Mike. You guys want to say hello to our audience? Maybe introduce yourself. Stephen, why don't you go first? Hey, I am uh, Stephen Klukas, Associate Pastor at Valley Christian Fellowship. I work with uh, worship ministries, youth ministries, and some of our online connectivity, but I, I have a lesser hand in that one. I, I defer to your better judgment there, Andrew. But uh, I am just excited that we are back around the table here to... Here to Talk about some ancient ways for modern days, man. Oh, yeah, That's man. Good. It's good to be back. I'm Mike Freeman, uh, lead pastor at Valley, and I do the preaching, and then I try to, uh, you know, corral Andrew and Stephen uh, between preaching and, and everything else. I, I hear it's like herding cats. Yeah, it kind no, of. cats are easier, man. Okay. <laughs> it, is, it is good to be back in this room together, though, and uh, it's been fun over the last few weeks to be dreaming and thinking and praying a little bit about what we're going to cover, and, and uh, it's good to finally be back on the microphone. Yeah, it is. You know, I I've been noticing that this podcast seems to have taken a life uh, a life on of its own. I I see that we have some new listeners, probably people who are outside of our church, and we just want to say welcome. Thank you for taking the time to to listen. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the content. Some of you've written in, talked about some of the sermons that you have found on here, and you know what? That's for you to enjoy, to be edified with. But you know, we have been gone for almost four. Five months? Yeah, I think we've actually found the secret of growing a podcast is to take long breaks and just not do anything extra, exactly. right? <laughs> actually, yeah. <laughs> you know, what's funny about that is if you look at our track record, uh, just about every year that since we've started this, we've taken at least one long break for some reason yeah, or something. But, uh, you know, it's, it's cool to see that people are, are jumping in and listening. And so I, I thought today, since is in many ways is kind of a, a rebirth of this podcast, I would love to just connect with you guys to maybe catch everyone up on uh, a lot of things that have happened in the last four to five months uh, for our personal lives and honestly the ministry as a whole. Here at Valley Christian Fellowship, things are happening. I'm, I'm so pleased and honored to be a part of what God is doing here. And I think, it'd be, I think it's appropriate for us to uh, take a look back as we get ready to just charge into 2022. I think it's you know? a plan. Yeah. So some things have happened. Stephen, you, this year was your first year on staff here at Valley Christian Fellowship. Correct. Yes. Now, you've also, uh, you've kind of been holding the reins here. There was a time period for the last few months that like, Mike and I were working really remotely, dealing with our, <laughs> own, our own things here. Let me ask you this. Are you okay? Help. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, God has honestly been very gracious. Um, you guys are... Amazing support. So while I have had in many ways had to kind of drive the cart, I'm I'm not the horses pulling the cart. So really, all I've had to do is give instruction and you know steer just a little bit. And we've got some really great people who are passionate about serving a valley. Yeah. We so do. really, it's it's not a chore to steer that cart. That's good. That's good that you feel that it's not a chore. So okay. Well, don't quote me. Okay. So. So I, you know, just to give some context, you you started this year, and uh, I'll speak for myself. I uh, I injured myself. I think you guys mentioned it in the last podcast we did. And I, honestly, I was working remotely for almost probably three months, two months. I wasn't in a service for a while. It, it just 
I was laid up in bed for quite some time. And during that time, Mike, do you want to share a little bit about what happened for, for you? During the summer? Yeah. Yeah. So actually you were starting to get a little bit better. Yeah. You, you were kind of, you weren't recovered. Like I mean, yeah. you're not hundred percent yet either. No, I'm, I'm but yeah. you were kind of on the upswing and um, we went into, so the end of June, my family had COVID. Yes. Right. And so then uh, we went, I pre-recorded a sermon, all of that. And then into July, um, I had class in Kansas City, and then we had a week where my family went camping, and then on the tail end of that, uh, a group from Valley, we went on a mission trip out of Valley. We went to Texas to serve people in need and uh, along the border, and um, you know all the politics aside there, we went because the need is great and there was opportunity to yeah. serve, and had an incredible experience there. We had uh, some teenage guys my son was one of them, uh, three other teenagers. We had a couple of gals and, um, another guy also. And, and then we met up with some other friends and spent a week just serving over a thousand people a day. Wow. And then, um, we, we can return to that too in a little bit, but, but for me, what happened is once I got back after interacting with all those people, uh, I ended up coming down with COVID. Mm-hmm. And when my family got COVID at the end of June, they got the version where they lost their sense of smell and taste and like one of them had a fever for like one day. I didn't get that version. No. <laughs> I got the version where it, uh, I started just body aching and sore and then it turned into a cough and the cough turned into pneumonia. And in that, um, I guess this is, I, I talked to a few other doctors, but ended up getting a blood clot from it and just a lot of weird stuff. And, and, uh, so it took me out, you know, my plan was to get back from Texas and on, early, early Sunday morning and preach that weekend. <laughs> and instead I didn't preach for like five weeks or something like that. And, uh, it laid me up pretty hard. It did, man. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm happy to know that you're back, Mike, and you, you're on the upswing and you're, you're getting better and, and all that to share. Like Steven, man, you've done a good job. This year. <laughs> Thanks man. Yeah. I, uh, well, we weren't really around to notice. So yeah. You know. <laughs> So I'm hoping you, you wouldn't notice that. Yeah. <laughs> well, we came back and the church was still here. Yeah. So, you know, so. Most well, of it. Good. Most of so. it. I mean, you know, some chairs disappear. No. Yeah. So you've been, you've been kind of helming things as your first year, but Stephen, you've also started school. Yeah, man. What is that like? What is that? So I, I guess explain what is school like for, for you right now? Dude. Okay. So for those that haven't heard this story from the beginning, like so I graduated with my associate's degree in 09, right? So my, my background is in audio engineering, things like that. So now I've had this opportunity to do a diploma in a master's seminary course and so I've started my first master's level class this year. And dude, it is, it is some fascinating stuff. I'm, I'm taking intro to New Testament. And so studying the time period between the Old Testament, the New Testament, and how that shapes our understanding of the Gospels, because now you understand the context and mm-hmm. the time period and the cultural norms and just all sorts of stuff. So in a word, it's been fascinating. But I'm also looking at this prospect of writing a research paper, and I have a test this week, so it's back in school, you know, and I haven't been in school in a a little bit, so it's also been daunting. So fascinating and daunting, if I I get two words. Well... That's cool, man. I uh, I really appreciate your heart and the effort you've been putting into a lot of things right now, and so I, just keep it up, man. Just Thanks, uh, man. just keep it up. So anyway, we started this episode talking about awesome things have been happening 
since uh, the beginning of the year. And we want to take a look back because we are going to look forward as um, we're going to start a new sermon series eventually. <laughs> um, we're, we're also we're, we're looking at some new events for our church and things like that, too. But one thing I thought I, we really got to pay homage to is the men's ministry here at Valley. Uh, if you guys remember, the three of us, we went on a retreat back in January, early at, at the beginning of this year. And we talked about, like, what is, what is something we could do this year to really move us forward as a church? And I think the number one thing we agreed on was men's ministry. Mm-hmm. Mike, do you want to explain kind of, like, how that's, I guess, what, what has been launched, I guess? And we can kind of talk about, like, the state Absolutely. of it. Yeah. yeah. So, so at Valley, we, we say that, you know, our, our mission, we're gospel-driven to build strong families, to serve our local community, and to be part of what God is doing change in the world. And so if someone were to be a fly in the wall in that leadership retreat we took, we, we really kind of, we evaluated each of those four statements. And we said, where are we uh, making progress? And where are we lagging? Where are our strengths? Where are our weaknesses? And it was a, we, we went pretty deep. We, this was not a cursory view. We did a pretty deep, deep dive into who we are and what we do at Valley and mm-hmm. where we're succeeding and where we're not. And at part of the, the question that was kind of like hanging over us the entire time is what are some of the goals that we're going to set th- that we feel like will move Valley forward to be more faithful to accomplishing our mission? And when we left there, we, we had a handful of goals, but there was one that we said, you know what, this is the one spot that if we can start to move this forward then uh, we think each of the other areas will be impacted as well. And yeah. we left there saying we need a, not a men's ministry of, you know, just like fun men's activities, like a pickleball club or a gamers association. Like yeah. we need a men's ministry that helps disciple men who can then ter- in turn disciple their families, disciple other people in the church. That's what we left there with the burden for. We And uh, I mean, I left there really encouraged feeling like this. Okay, God, God wants us to do this, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so then we came back and, you know, it's been with COVID, the ups and downs and illnesses and all that. Well, one of our elders, Stephen Hall, um, God was working in his heart at the same time. And he kind of came to the spot where he said, I have a burden to lead something like this. And so we sat down we started dreaming and thinking and talking about resources. And we, we kind of have a two, um, kind of a two dimensional approach to men's ministry right now, besides everything else we already do. One of them was just a very informal, like regular, maybe every other month, men's breakfast or men's dinner. And so he, Stevens led that. He, we've had a breakfast once. There's a dinner, I think, planned maybe in October yep. is his hope. And that's really for anyone and everyone. It, it's broad. Usually there's just, it's a great time of fellowship and connection. But then the the other dimension of that is really that discipleship aim where we partnered with a ministry called Men of Simplicity which is led by a friend, Mike Thibodeau, who's down in Oregon. Uh, and uh, and he's been doing this for a number of years. He has a program that he kind of uses some curriculum he created that disciples men to be leaders in their families and in their churches and their communities. And so we're a month into that. And we're seeing, you know, we, we had almost 40 guys show up to our intro night. Yep. And then we had uh, a little less than a half of that sign up to be consistently part of it. Mm-hmm. But we went from having nothing to now we have a consistent men's ministry discipleship program that's built on relationships that has a vision to help men lead and disciple others. And even, even, you know, a month into it, we've got guys that are excited guys that you see subtle changes in the mm-hmm. way they're thinking and in the way they're talking and the vision they have for what it looks like to to be a man who leads well. Yeah. I, I can attest 
to some of the young guys who are a part of that right now. They are excited to be there. Steve and I, you, you, we've talked about, um, we have a student that graduated last year and we were concerned about like, what is he graduating into? And we were able right. to, to plug him into this men's ministry. And what's been fascinating is listening to him talk through the things that he's learning and he's being challenged by the things that he's learning. He's thinking through some things and his mom, his mom actually sat down with me, uh, last Thursday and just shared, you know, he's, this student is, well, I guess he's no longer a student. This, this guy is learning things in this class and going home and just even talking about it with his family and his mom and talking through like what's comforting him and how he's holding on to Christ through a lot of the turmoils that they're, they were facing as a family. It's been so cool to see him already stepping into like a leadership role, a deeper leadership role in his family. Yeah. This men's ministry also has impacted like my, my brother who, who is attending this. He is excited to just dig into the word of God. There's a lot of things that he has been uh, wrestling through for the last few years, but a lot of it has a lot to do with like biblical manhood and a lot of things. And I, I guess he's never articulated that before, but he's starting to see like, man, if I just follow what the Bible is telling me, it actually answers a lot of my insecurities mm-hmm. and he's growing through that. I, I am so excited to see this, this seedling of men's ministry just grow. And it's, right now. you know, it's it, part of the blessing is this isn't something that you and you or I or, or Stephen are carrying. This is, we, we have Stephen Hall mm-hmm. and he's owning this and he, you know, he's got incredible pastoral experience. He's got a shepherd's heart. And to see someone say, you know what, I'm committed to the job that I work. I'm committed to the family I work, but I'm also going to invest in other men and help build them. Wow. It's just, uh, it's cool to watch this. It is. It, it really is. And that, that's, so that's one thing that, is, that has happened here at, at the church. But we have a couple other things that have happened. Uh, actually, Mike, you shared a little bit about your summer and, and the things that you were dealing with while you were gone. But you mentioned a little bit about that mission trip, the one to, to Texas. I actually would like to hear more about that because I know as a church, we, I'll be honest, I wasn't paying a lot of attention during that time. So I don't really know what was happening at that mission trip. And when people came back, uh, you were sick. And so like really the headline during the time was like, let's just pray for Mike because he's sick and he's back from the mission trip. I don't know what happened yeah. at, at that And trip. we haven't had a good opportunity to really kind of share, but uh I can tell you, we, we had two main projects that we did when we got there. One of those projects was serving at a refugee respite center. Mm-hmm. So think feeding and clothing and baby formula and baby diapers and personal hygiene items. Um, we we did a ton there. And the other project was helping at a local church, a small church that's pastorless right now. Oh, wow. And, um, and so, uh, you know, at the respite center you had a thousand people a day that you interacted with. Wow. And, um, babies, kids, you know, it was, you said these are refugees. Okay. You, you get within a block of the center mm-hmm. and the scent punches you in the gut. Wow. Uh, you walk in and, and it's, um, you know, it's a, a mix of bleach and urine and body odor. And it, it was, it was not a pleasant, like, Hey, this is a fun place to hang out. It was, these people are rough. I mm-hmm. mean, they're not rough. They're experiencing a very rough situation right, right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and I totally understand all the political dynamics here, right? And so we didn't go there because of one political view or another. We went there because the, the need exists regardless of what's happening. People need help. Yeah. And this is an opportunity for the church to meet needs um, and, you know, praying for wise policies and all that, but, but showing up in the need and seeing what God does. That's so cool. 
And so we went there and, um, you know, first day serving there five minutes in, um, one of the, or one of the workers there shows up and they're, they've got a couple that has a, a baby that needs to go to the hospital and they look at us. And so one of our leaders took these people to the hospital, just like that. Um, I made a trip to the hospital as well with, with a, a child. Um, you got, uh, you got all of these moms and they, they basically have nothing left. And so mm-hmm. they're, you know, they need formula. One day we ran out of formula and a couple of our, uh, people on our trip, they said, well, uh, they found out, okay, well we're out of formula. So no formula for the babies. Well, they said, well, is there a Costco? We, we went to the Costco. They, they bought all the formula at the Costco. Wow. Came back That's so amazing. that th- these children could be fed, right? Like diapers and, you know, like soap and all the, the hot personal hygiene items, even down to like Tylenol and, uh, you know, allergy medicine or whatever, just, it was nuts. And that was just one corner, right? Mm-hmm. You also had the meal room. We had some of our guys, it's not the most glamorous job, but they're in a meal room. That's like five by five foot room. It's got shelves all around it and a uh, industrial table in the middle of it. Spending hours making sandwiches and lunches and sandwiches and lunches and sandwiches and lunches and sandwiches and lunches completely you know, it's just monotonous, right? It's like yeah. over and over again, but watching these guys, this is the rewarding part for me, them doing it with a good attitude saying, I'm doing this to serve people. And mm-hmm. these are teenage guys, right? It's really easy for teenage guys to be pretty entitled. Yeah. Pretty and self-absorbed. On, yeah. Yeah. On what they want to do and what's fun or what's entertaining to see these guys learning, like I'm serving someone and this, this is sucky. This is not fun. This is not enjoyable. This is mm-hmm. not glamorous, but each of these sandwiches is going to meet a need for someone. And each of these lunches I make is going to meet a need for someone. And so recognizing the need we're meeting, but also seeing God work in the lives of these guys. And we had four teenage guys there and each of them in different ways. You just saw God um, humbling them, opening up their eyes, helping them realize life's not about them. And uh, so incredible, incredible work, right? So that was, that was the, the respite center. We also served at this church and we showed up there. Um, Jay and I got there on Thursday because I was a little unsure about our, us going there and all that. So we ended up there early. The team showed up on Saturday and then, uh, Sunday we showed up at this church. And, and so Saturday they asked me if I wanted to preach. And I was like, wow. Sure. Yeah. Um, and you know, I was going to just preach something I've already preached, but then I kind of, the Lord moved in me to, um, preach from Matthew 16 and Jesus's words about the, the gates of hell and he's going to build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and just wanted to be really encouraging to that church and they're, they're struggling, mm-hmm. right? The finances are tight. Uh, needs are great. They're, they they do not have a pastor. They can't actually afford a pastor right now. And, um, to be able to go and just to preach and encourage them was, I love that. I love that. Wow. And then after that, what we did during the week is one of our guys, Dan Castle, he, they had this shed that they received years ago that has been left unfinished Hmm. and it was meant to be a a storage unit for a, a sewing ministry where someone in the church, she teaches other women how to sew and things like that. Wow. Okay. And, uh, Dan, he just, he went in there and he finished that sucker. He did an amazing job 
totally blessed this church with that. Like shout out to Castle Industries. This, right? is, yeah. this has just been sitting there for years. Yeah. Right. I guess like 10 years. Wow. We did a bunch of other things. They, they had a bunch of storage stuff that needed to be fixed, some painting, some other things. And then we did a backpack handout at the end, which Valley, we, we supported the backpacks. We mm-hmm. bought them and all that. And so again, impoverished community, small struggling church. And we were able to go and, and do some pretty cool projects that blessed them and served them well and left this church kind of just, you know, kind of a little bit proud okay. of, of their ability to serve their community. And it, it was amazing. And it's kind of funny because typically you think in the Northwest, well, you know, we need people from the South and all their resources to come up and serve us. But, mm-hmm. you know, this is one of the poorest counties in the United States that we were in and to go there and to make just a, maybe a drop in the bucket, to, but to make a difference. Yeah. I, I'm rambling a little bit maybe, but it was God moved. Yeah. God moved in each of the leaders and, and even in the sickness, you know, we had, you know, other people got not COVID, but got sick mm-hmm. while they were there. I, I ended up, ended up with that COVID and, and, um, even in that God showing his kindness and his faithfulness and, and, uh, being present in the difficulties serving there, being di- present in the, the difficulties dealing with illness coming back. Wow. Let me, let me ask you this. How, how would you consider this to be a successful mission trip? I, I see it on a few different levels. Okay. Um, first of all, the people that went want to go back. Okay. They, they met, they met needs in very real ways that woke them up to, to how they can serve the Lord and, and serve people. That was incredible. That's huge because you've outlined some pretty, uh, egregious conditions and for our people, for people to wake up and realize that even though those conditions are not ideal, they want to go back to make a difference, to touch lives for Christ. That's awesome that that has been awoken in, in those people. Okay. It, it was not easy. Mm-hmm. It was not easy. And, and they, they did a great job. Um, and so that was really incredible to see. Uh, I think this church just was encouraged too. I mean, I, as a pastor, um, I've got a very soft spot in my heart for churches. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we really did encourage them. And some of the leadership there, we encouraged one of the gals that go there, that's part of that church. She actually is, she's not employed or she's contracted by, um, one of the Texas conventions there. And so she, she helps organize churches and servants to meet the needs of the refugees. And so I think for her, who's always thinking outside of her church and always serving outside of a church, her church to see some people come in and show some love to her church. I, yeah, just a beautiful thing, man. That's awesome. It was cool. Yeah. That's really good. That's really good. Steven, do you have any questions or anything about, I'm just absorbing. This, this is the first I've heard a lot of this. I so know this, this is it's pretty, pretty awesome. Do you, do you think Mike that we will start to arrange uh, an actual trip again for, for next year? It's, uh, I, I don't know how we can't, Okay. Based on the, the response of people that mm-hmm. went now, th- there is one gal. She says, Hey, I don't know if I can handle it. I mean, it was, the heat was hot mm-hmm. <laughs> and the work was hard and you know, a retired gal, she says, I'm glad I went. I don't know if I can physically handle it, but I'm going to basically 
by all of Costco's formula. If if, yeah. I, if a team goes down again, I'm going to back them as much as I can, right? Like so, and that's, and that's part of being being on mission. It's not just because yeah. you can't go doesn't mean you can't send. That's right. You this know, is actually yeah. something I was going to say is yeah. this: this has set a precedent for Valley that we have now sent people from our own body to go and serve. And yeah, absolutely. The rest of Valley, if they can't go physically, they can support in so many ways, whether it be financially or through prayer. I mean. We're we're highlighting that this is this is something we do as a church. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, I I think as some of our team talks to other people too, I think there will be more people that want to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we're living a, a culture more and more. Yes, there's a lot of entitlement. Yes, there's a lot of kind of like soft teenagers that don't want to do anything with their life, maybe. But uh, I think I think a lot of teens and a lot of people they're saying, I want I want my life to count. I'm willing to pay a price. I'm willing to work hard. I saw that with this team and it was awesome. And I, I see it rubbing off on other people. You know, I, I don't know if I've ever drawn this connection until just now with you saying the things that you're saying that these teens though, I, I think of two boys that went and I remember who they were, what they were like before they left. But when they came back, there has been a larger spiritual aura around these boys so much so that I, I really think, I think it fed into the, their decision to follow up with baptism, follow believers baptism in the, the next month. Um, the fruit of, I guess, experiencing the things they've, they've experienced has changed them in many ways because um, their, their parents have reported that like, those kids have been diving into the word a lot more. So I, mission trips are a powerful, powerful thing. Yeah. And the know? mutuality of it, right? We yeah. go there to serve and yet we're always, we end up being changed and blessed as we walk with the Lord in our service. And there's, it's, it's amazing. And this was, you know, we, th- we talk about our objectives for Valley. We, our, our last statement and our mission statement is to, to be part of what God's doing, changing the world. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and we recognize that we're not anywhere near that right now. Yeah. We're, we're pretty um, centered on our local church and our local community, which is part of that. Mm-hmm. And over the last few years, we've attempted to make some things happen and, and there's for different reasons, things have not worked, Yeah. but now we've actually, like Steven said, we've actually launched a team. Mm-hmm. Now we have a relationship with a ministry that's not just flash in the pan. It's sustainable. It's connected to a local church. Like, I mean, missions are driven by the local church, yeah. not the other way around, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the local church is to be sending the local churches to be planting churches. And so that connection with that church there, it's really encouraging. I think so. I, I think it, it, it lays the foundation for, for years to come. Yeah, yeah. So I guess with that said, we had an amazing mission trip here that happened in August. And then in September, we turned around and we actually had our first um, outdoor baptism. Well, let me take that back. We had our first baptism in an actual river. We've done outdoor baptisms before, but this is the first time since I've ever been here that we are like, hey man, let's actually go to the river that we live right next to yeah. and let's go baptize some people. And the we, first river. We only yeah. almost lost one person. So Almost, right? Actually, it's funny. I didn't really think we would need the extra help in the water, but I'm really excited that we did have the extra help. <laughs> I'm really glad that you water. guys were there. Yep. Yeah. So uh, shout out to our security team who that morning, I was like, hey guys, we, we need this. Would any of you be willing to just get into the river? And those guys were like, yeah, just throw me in there. I'll, what do you want me to do? I'm like, just stand there. I love those guys. Yeah. They're so awesome. We have a great team of uh, sheepdog is what we call them, yeah. who they, they really care. They really want people to be safe and yep. they look out for the needs. It's, it it's an incredible experience. Yeah. 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 That was super cool. And that whole, I, I, I was touched by that day because I don't, I don't know. COVID has this, this 2020 has been a crazy year. 
I kind of feel like we're still in 2020, you know, 2020 ver- version two. I, yeah. Right. And even though 2022 is like four months away or whatever, it still feels like we're in 2020, but, uh, you know, it, it was encouraging for me to see our body just celebrate Christ in what God has done. I, I love that we had st- teens and students professing Christ. I don't know. Not that it doesn't, not that it means more now than ever before, but especially like I, I've been coming to the, the grips of as Christians, we are not part of the cultural norm. So when someone declares their their faith in Christ, I really think it's a, like it's really important that we as a church stand in solidarity mm-hmm. with these kids and say like, hey, you're in for it and we're going to stand with you. We're going to walk with you. We're going to mentor you. And, you know, we're going to listen maybe when you become leaders or something. I don't, I don't know. So, but for us to come together as a church for that, that service, I thought was, was super cool. Um, I guess what, what were you guys' thoughts on, on the baptism service that we did? We, we went out to Willow Grove Park, uh, the one place that my mom was like, don't ever go out there because when I was like a senior, we had like three kids drown out there. <laughs> it was, a, it was a great day. It worked out well, you know, in terms of the, the, the tide coming in and, and you explained all, all those dynamics. And yeah. so that was, uh, safety wise, that was cool. But, uh, man, it was a day of celebration. It was a day of a, a lot of just joy and hope as baptisms happened, mm-hmm. as families were together, as the church celebrated together, as we shared in communion. Um, I was still pretty, pretty weak on that day. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I think that that might've been like my first week preaching. I think um, maybe it kind of was, I think Either first, first or, second. or second. And, and I remember like you were pretty winded. Yeah. Yeah. And so I didn't, you know, I didn't do much. I, I didn't get in the water. <laughs> I, uh, you know, Steven, you got to do all the baptisms yeah, that buddy. day. And, uh, and even that, like, I just was like, I actually kind of love being on the sidelines a little bit, like seeing more leaders, more people, more, more ownership that mm-hmm. it just doesn't fall on one or two guys. Like it's, it's the church being the church that just, it was so beautiful to me. It was so encouraging. No, exactly in the same thread. Um, honestly, it was a joy to be in the water there. Like the, the water itself was refreshing and it wasn't cold. It was a, just a crisp summer river experience. And then to help baptize three of my students and these other kids that came through this, honestly, there was just nothing like it. It was an amazing time. And Andrew, I think that uh, kind of calls back to, to something you were saying about our, our ministry that these are these are students and these are children that are saying i stand for christ and while the culture is becoming more and more estranged from you know what historically has been what we might consider a christianized culture they they are no longer a christianized culture yeah. and so it is just humbling it is humbling and honestly just a privilege that I get to stand with these kids and be part of that statement and now we get to walk alongside them and participate in their discipleship it's it's just humbling so the event overall i think that it was just fantastic seeing valley come together valley celebrate valley commit to praying for these kids just it's great to be part of this family it is i think it was a day of just connecting i loved 
seeing these new connections that have been made for a while, but to see it out in the context of just the rest of the world. Um, we have seen some new families come and be a part of the church. And it was really fun for me to kind of take a step back and just see them connecting with so many different people. And it, it just felt like they've always been a part of us. As a matter of fact, in many ways, like um, I, I'm sure I call it the great shuffle right now with COVID. So many people have just been shuffling about different churches and things like that. But right now, as we see these families who maybe have just started attending in the last three to six months or maybe in a year or so, like it just solidified the fact that we are united in in Christ and we're just moving forward to reach people for them. It it was a really powerful moment to remember for me that we are family. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I have held on to uh, since I, I've been, I, since I hurt my back, uh, I didn't go into great detail, but like basically I, I herniated several discs and I was numb from the waist down and I, I, I was in a wheelchair for a while. And I, I, I bring this up because I've spent the last couple, almost a decade serving as many people as I could at Valley. And in my greatest time of need, I saw people, people were cooking for me, taking care of my brother for me, doing my shopping for me, doing all these things. It was so humbling Mm -hmm. to be so inadequate to live my life really. And yet people without hesitation would just step in, not even asking, just stepping in and like, they didn't make me feel like a burden because that's, that's always the fear, right? Yeah. You never want to ask for help because you're like, oh, I don't want to burden you. But people are like excited. Like, no, I want this opportunity to show you love. And that's, that, I don't know, Valley, I've always said is my family. But right now to experience that has really shaped, really re-challenged re, re, re me on how I ask for help and why I should ask. You know, we, we talked about in our membership class that we should be, we should say something when we need help. And, uh, cause sometimes, sometimes people get upset when they're like, well, the church didn't help me with X, Y, or Z. And then mm-hmm. it's like, well, you didn't say anything, say something, man. I don't know. It, it, it just Valley as a family has been kind of this thematic overture for me in the last couple of months. And I, I've loved seeing it come to life more and more. Well, it's the way the church is meant to be. We're, yep. we're called to be a family and, and it's encouraging to see. And sometimes as ministry leaders, as pastors, we end up, um, seeing church in a skewed way where mm-hmm. we're serving always and never cared for. And th- this church cares. Yeah. It, and it doesn't matter if you're a leader or not, they care. And that's, that's really wonderful. But I wanted to rewind for a minute because you skipped over, you went from, you know, mission trip to baptism service, but there was a great VBS that oh, happened yeah. in August, which again, we had loads of volunteers, loads of workers and, and lots of great ministry. Mm-hmm. would love to hear some highlights from that, man. So I, I honestly, I, I really think VBS, all I can say right now off the top of my head is it was a God thing. We had planned to do vacation Bible school at the beginning of June or towards the end of June, right when summer was starting. And, uh, out of our control, we just weren't able to do it. Um, like we, well, we had a, a COVID. Uh, some of our volunteers started coming down with COVID and things, and so we were like, "Well, what are we going to do?" So we pushed it back to August. But honestly, they gave us more time to prep. They gave us more time to recruit some extra help. Some people who uh, were attending our church were like, "You know what? I could help with this." They stepped into that. We had eighty-nine kids registered, which gave us so many new families that we've never connected before. We saw, I, I've, I remember, I believe we saw two, two kids come to know Christ through all of that. And my favorite thing about all of that, that whole week, 
was that no one was in their wheelhouse. It felt like it, it correct. Yeah. It really felt like we just had need. And so like, like Mike, even your wife who normally would have done uh, worship, she stepped into a different position. Um, and she loved it and she loved it. Yeah. Um, I was broken. And so I was in the wheelchair at the time and really trying to like, I was working on rehab but people were stepping in and like our, our sheepdog guys were there and just taking care of like just cruising around, making sure everyone had what they needed. Like, uh, Jocko Willick in his book about leadership talks about like teams they need to cover and move. Right. And it really felt like for us to, to succeed in VBS, to really connect with these children, we as a church, we covered and we moved forward together so much so that those kids had a blast they were excited. They were learning the songs. We were having spiritual conversations. Um, parents were asking questions about what, what's going on in the church and stuff. It's, I, I, man, I, I wish that there's, it's, we talk about these things like the mission trip and this, like you had to have been there really in many ways. But I, I will tell you this, God was glorified because I, I felt every single person there was most satisfied in just glorifying his name to these children. Those children, these children who have never darkened the door of our church before who have come in, they walked away every day feeling loved and known. And I, my prayer for them, because this is a hard world for them nowadays, that as they grow up, they will always remember there is someone out there who, who loves them in the name of Christ. That, that maybe that's the breadcrumb back to the breadcrumb trail, the back to back to Christ. So it was a good summer. It was yeah. a challenging summer. There was uh, there were ministry obstacles, and as a whole, though we we relied on the Lord, and He just He showed Himself very very faithful. Yes, and, and that's always uh, that's the joy, right? That's yes. the encouragement. A hundred percent. And so I, I appreciate that we were taking a look back at that. And so I'm actually looking forward to um, 2022. I assume we're probably going to do another retreat for the three of us to dream up uh what that year will look like well steve and i we already got a plan and we were just gonna go we we uh weren't gonna tell you about it actually, oh that's fine no, whatever no. <laughs> yeah i was actually gonna have somebody distract you and you know tap you on the yeah. shoulder make you look the other way we'll sneak that's, out that's good oh my add brain all right i'm gonna hijack this for a second because i want to <laughs> something did come out of vbs that i thought was super cool and if there's ministers listening to this you need to do this you should start playing rated e games on youtube for your children let me tell you why. From VBS, we've had a couple of kids come start coming to our, our Wednesdays, and they've been inviting other friends. And so I've been playing like Mario and Zelda on online. I've been making these stupid like streaming videos. Oh right, dude, the kids will use that, and like you got to meet our, our my pastor guy, and they'll just share a video that I've made online. And so when they the kids show up for the first time, they're like, "Oh, I know you. I watched you play X, Y, or Z. It's super cool," and they're instantly excited to meet me because as of right now. In a kid's brain, if you're on YouTube, you're a celebrity. Yeah, and so they instantly show up feeling like they know me, and they just want to talk and like get to, like they tell me what they think about video games and all this other stuff. So, if you're in children's ministry or youth ministry, I think if you've got the margin, you should become a streamer. To to kind of jump off of that, I was uh, looking through our YouTube channel just the other day. Actually, I was looking for a sermon, but yeah. it shows how many views each video has. And as I was scrolling, I found a video that your brother and I made where we just eight tacos filled with various odd things. Yeah. Right? Apparently that video has like more views than any of our sermons. So <laughs> I'm just going to say my youth kids, they dial in, right? Yeah. So, so I'm hearing this and I'm thinking I've got one of those, uh, super, uh, Nintendos, you know, the little ones that have like 
20 games on it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Would that work? Because I, I could play I, that. that would yeah. good. <laughs> I, I, I tell the parents to try to keep things rated E. So depending on the game, it's, it's whatever. But I'll, I think there's a lot of rated E games on the Super Nintendo and stuff. Actually, that reminds me, Mike. Uh, because we've had new families join the church in the last year, I've I've always thrown them that Hot Wings video we did, mm-hmm. and people love that. People love that so much. So, you know, pro tip to churches out there: make uh, make content like that, where I guess that your church members can share it with other people, and other people kind of get to know the pastoral staff in in weird ways, whether they're eating tacos or like burning their face off with hot wings or like smashing bacoblins on legend of zelda so <laughs> or you know working through the text yeah <laughs> yeah that too or that church stuff might be you know <laughs> if you only can do one thing yeah work the text right 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 <laughs> so anyway new year's coming up but between now and then we have some pretty cool things coming coming up this month we have trunk or treat uh, I was really concerned that someone would ask me what a trunk or treat is, but I have not had to explain what a trunk or treat. What, what is it? Is a, it's, 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 I'm not sure. <laughs> right. Decorate your cars, safe place for people to, uh, to tr- trick or treat in a parking lot. So it's well lit and it's just, the cars are all decorated. And then we, as a church, we're, we're going to be hosting it. And so we, we have people who are going to be decorating their cars in different themes. Someone said that there's going to be a cat. Like they were going to be a cat and their car was going to be a cat. So I'm interested to see what that's like. I think you said that your wife is going to do Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, My wife thinks that if she is able to pull it off, she might do a nightmare before Christmas and then just park next to your guys's. So you have Halloween transitioning into Christmas. That would be awesome. That would be amazing. So I'm doing uh, Ghostbusters. I'm going to try to turn my car into like an Ecto-1. So I'm super excited about that. Now, unfortunately, I won't be able to be there because I've got some school stuff. But then my wife was thinking that I would have been Jack Skellington. And honestly, just tall, lanky skeleton with the Santa Claus beard. That would have been just amazing. But no, I've, I've kind of got a let down on that part. Steven, you would be an amazing Jack Skeleton. I think so, too. So I, 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 I'm at a point now where I really feel like as an adult, uh, you should just have one Halloween costume. It's your Halloween costume. But then just every year, it gets a little more elaborate. So I really think that should be your Oh, dude. And then like every year, I'm trying to come up with a new Halloween. And every year, I'm trying to hijack Christmas. Yes, Ah. that's right. So there you go. So this today, we started talking about uh, some other things are happening in the future. We were already talking about our um, our Christmas plans and a couple other things. So but I don't know. It's it's been a really good year, I guess. But now that we're picking back up the podcast, um, we started talking about some things we'd like to cover on, on here. Mike, do you do you remember some of the topics we, we were going to jump into? Yeah, so we've got some some long, uh, longer pod- podcast threads we're going to do, and then we have some shorter ones. and And I think our plan next week is to actually even do a kind of how how to listen to sermons, how sermons work, what goes into a sermon, what to listen to in a sermon. So yeah. that will probably be a one-off. Maybe it will take a couple of weeks. And then from there, um, one of the ideas that you brought to the table is talking about millennials. Or yeah. not even millennials, Gen but Z. Gen yeah. Z. Millennials are old news. Man. Yeah, that's you and me. And yeah, yeah. Are you a millennial? Yeah, yeah, technically. Barely. Speaking. I think he barely... He barely I'm, I'm kind of like middle of the road. No, I'm no. not that right. much younger than you guys. I think the, the youngest millennial right now is somewhere in like their late 20s. Okay. Yeah, I think. I'm, I'm 32, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're you're good. You you didn't have to Indiana uh, Jones that. No. Like when he, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. I get your reference. Yeah, it didn't have to happen. Yeah. 
no i i uh yeah you brought that up i i've been reading some books on um there was a faith for exiles uh i, I can't remember the title of the book but basically it is it's just a book that embraces the idea that christians are no longer the cultural norm so how do we raise kids knowing that it's not the cultural norm and what are the important things because i think um in, in many ways if you don't if you don't account for that I think a lot of Christians, especially those who are traditional Christians, are reaching for practices of of when Christians was the Christianity was the norm in the United States, and when you do that, you teach religion and not the gospel. Yeah, and so I'm really excited to jump into that topic. I think that actually connects with next week's topic and like what is a sermon, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I think a lot of people they're, they're not sure like what it is, like mm-hmm. what goes into it, how, where does it come from? Mm-hmm. How, how do I judge what makes a sermon, you know, biblical even? Like, right. And so that, that connects, right? Like yeah. let, let's understand like at the very foundation, what, what are we talking about yeah. here? Like, so we're going to talk about sermons next week. And the reason why I think that's important is um, expertise or maybe just knowledge helps you appreciate something a little bit deeper. What I mean by that, like, well, Stephen, you're a musician. Like I'm sure you Some have said, yeah, I'm sure you appreciate music at a deeper level than someone who just casually listens to music. That is a fair statement. Yes. Right. I mean, you could say that with like I, Jackson, our, our church, like creative person, uh, he's a photographer, he's a videographer, he does a lot of things. And so when he sees like a painting or when he sees something visually, there's more happening for him than me who looks at him and goes, oh, that's pretty. There's a, there's something deeper happening and that's where he has a deeper appreciation well, I, I really think it's important to talk about how sermons are put together because y- you start to realize what's a good sermon, what's a bad sermon, but also you start to appreciate the flow of things as well too. Because like I can listen to a sermon and because we've been trained, I, I, I'm like, okay, this is tying to this and this is the flow of the conversation and this is, this is illustrating this point up here. And you start to appreciate that kinds of things, that kind of thing. But if you aren't familiar with public speaking or uh, the flow of, a, of an exegetical sermon, you, you might be kind of lost mm-hmm. a little bit. So we want to kind of pull back the curtain. Even there, the word exegetical, that's not a typical modern it's, day word. And yeah, so most right. people use that and our listeners are like, that's a cool word, Andrew. Talking about I go to the gym, I get on the exegetical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, what would that machine that's look like? That's funny. You don't go to the gym. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got me uh, so yeah so there's that topic and then um Stephen, you had your hand up earlier yeah you had your hand up what was oh going no on? you were saying hey maybe we can get into some longer topics and i was just laughing to myself that maybe you consider john edwards resolutions to be short oh <laughs> i forgot we were doing that did we finish that like 60 episodes no we finished that yeah, like, we, we finished those but okay. we began that in the beginning of 2021 though yeah and we didn't finish it till late spring yeah so i was just in my head i was just hilariously laughing that that might be considered a short series yeah. well what i have in my mind actually i'm laughing again. is uh i'd like to i'd like to introduce us to some systematic theology yeah and yeah. start to take some of the major topics in systematic theology and you know, do each podcast is almost like an intro to it and maybe go down a few rabbit holes uh, for each of the, the major systematic topics. But I think that would be really helpful. And, and I think there's a need for people. I think people are longing to understand um, truth. And, and that's one really good way to do so. I think so. I, I was going to ask you, like, hey, why don't you explain why you think this would be helpful? But you, you kind of did, because I think um, church traditions are one thing, but we are founded upon biblical truth. And so when something is supported biblically, we call that a theology. We, that's, that is a thought process that derives itself mm-hmm. for, 
from the Bible about God and what God says about a lot of things. And so we're not just making things up yeah. as we go along. And so, what systematics is, is it's, you know, you, you read through the book of Matthew and you, you see some things about God, you learn some things about God, but a systematic theology, what it does is it takes the entirety of the Bible by and large. And it says as a whole, what does this say about who God is mm-hmm. as a whole? What does this say about who man is yeah. as a whole? What does this say about what sin is as a whole? What does this say about angels or demons or the end times or salvation? Or uh, it takes a topic as a whole and it tries to cover the entirety of the scripture mm-hmm. the best it can in, in summation. And so that's, you know, I'd like to do that. And yeah. so walk through that. It's, it's very informative. And I think it, it should help form worldviews, like how you interpret the world, you know. So I, I'm excited to to jump into that. Well, gentlemen, we are coming up on a brisk 50 minutes of uh, of our of our great return. Thank you for your your time. Uh, you know, I I miss the days that we used to just pray for our church and stuff like that. Mike, did you had your hand up? I can edit this. Yeah, I was just gonna say, you know, as we jump back into this, if our listeners have something that they they listen, they're like. I'd like to hear about this or more about this. We, we welcome those questions. We welcome those comments and, and you know, we, we would respond to that. Okay. Yeah, we can totally do that. Um, actually, if you look in the description of this podcast, you will find different ways on how to connect with us. We have um, podcast at vcflongview.org. Um, if you, you can also go to vcflongview.org and there's a connect tab and you can write in. And there's, there's just different ways you can connect with us and different ways we can ignore you. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) so it's, it's there. So Mike, you know, as we, uh, celebrate what God has done and as we look forward to what God is going to be doing through this church and, uh, will you just pray for us? Yeah, let's do that. Father, we do thank you for your, um, your faithfulness. You are such an amazing God. And I know this last year, many of us have experienced that, not just in the good moments of life, but in the really challenging moments of life. And Father, I pray for our listeners. I pray that wherever they may be right now, if they're in one of those spots where they're riding high on life and, and things are, are working out the way they want them to, I, I pray that they would recognize the, the good and kind hand they come from and they would worship and honor you as the giver of good gifts. And Lord, for those who are maybe having the more difficult times in life and are dealing with challenges and, and hardship, I, I pray that they would sense your nearness, that because you're the God of all comfort, you would comfort them and even allow them to be a comfort to others. And Father, we, we do, we give you glory for this last year in all the ways you've worked. We, we praise you for those who have come to faith, for the baptisms, for the, the depth of, of maturity that we see happening in so many ways in the lives of those in our church. And Father, we just ask for your faithful, kind leadership into the future. God, we pray that this podcast would be a a blessing to those that listen, that would help them grow. And we pray for this next year even, even though we're a few months away, Lord, it would be a a year of very uh, fruitful ministry, all for the the name and the glory of Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray, amen. You've been listening to Ancient Ways for Modern Days, a ministry of Valley Christian Fellowship. If you'd like to check out more resources or even connect with us, go to www.vcflongview.org.